0: Welcome back to Detroit Rising. I'm your host, Chad Livingood, Senior Editor at Crane's Detroit Business. The new school year is upon us, and the coronavirus has scrambled the way public education will be delivered this year to 1.6 million school-aged children in Michigan. As we talked about in an earlier segment with Nikolai Vitti, Superintendent of Detroit Public Schools, the majority of Detroit's school children are expected to be learning from home through virtual portals on laptop computers or tablets this fall, at least for the first few months. Some school districts in Southeast Michigan are offering full in-person instruction, while others are choosing hybrid models where students will be in school two or three days a week and learning from home the other days. That's going to put a lot of pressure on parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, and other caregiving adults to wear the hat of teacher at home. There's a startup business in Detroit that's responding to this need for engaging students at home with science lessons that incorporate the arts. My guests this week are Alicia Gabriel and Deirdre Roberson, co-founders of the Lab Drawer, an education tech company that has a subscription service for science experiments and projects that come in a box in the mail that looks like a science lab drawer that you would see in a classroom. They've been working on building up their startup business this summer at TechTown's Start Studio program.
1: What makes Lockton stand apart from other insurance brokerages is also what makes them better. Independence, unconstrained by the rigidness commonly associated with the insurance industry. Lockton challenges the norms of what a brokerage can be. The creative thinkers at your Lockton, Michigan offices are always empowered to do what's best for their clients. Visit Lockton.com to learn more.
0: Alicia Gabriel and uh, Deidre Robertson, thank you for joining me here on the Detroit Rising Podcast. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you for having us. Well, let's start out. Uh, uh, Alicia, tell us a little bit of, a little bit, about your background and how you uh, came to get involved in this uh, startup. And then, Deidre, talk about your background as well.
2: So I am a trained bioorganic chemist. So I actually studied uh, biochemistry in undergrad at Xavier University of Louisiana in New Orleans, Louisiana, and uh, then I pursued my PhD in bioorganic chemistry at Louisiana State University. But I'm from Detroit. I'm a Cass Tech grad, and um, I've always just been interested in in science and and um, and also the arts as well. Um, basically my roles and responsibilities have stemmed from doing research in various countries around the globe i've done since in ghana zambia china mexico germany italy um those kinds of things and then i got into um i've also gotten into the automotive and aerospace um areas as well doing um not just quality engineering so i work with a lot of engineers and risk analysis um, also training and even operations right now so my um, interest in all things technical um, has basically been uh, what drives me and what's what's gotten me to really um, make sure that i do something in the community so the lab drawer actually kind of actually started originally at with our for-profit which is Motor City Steam Foundation and it started we started this conversation about five years ago and we said you know one of the things that i noticed in the corporate space was that i was the only woman and of course usually the only person of color usually the only african-american there and one of the ways in which we thought, how can we change this narrative? And how can we really make a difference in our community is by starting this nonprofit Motor City Steam Foundation. And then also with that, um, the lab drawer was birthed out of that idea because we said, well, you know, how can we make sure that um, a product or something gets to the homes of youth all over the country, not just Detroit, but all over the country. It's something interactive, it's something that is, is engaging for them, and is a combination of STEM and the arts. So that's how the lab drawer drawer was born, and we've been working on that ever since, and, and we'll just keep on going.
0: And Dietra, tell me a little bit about your background, how you uh, got involved in this project
3: yeah just to give a little more uh before story um as well as when we started so me and alicia both attended cass technical high school she's a year above me and we actually met and became friends in high school and uh, she would give me some advice about colleges she went off to xavier university in louisiana which is actually one of the number one schools for producing black doctors and scientists in the country i actually went to xavier as well in new orleans um, and I did. Uh, I majored in chemistry um, with a minor in biology. I then attended University of Detroit Mercy um, for my master's in chemistry, emphasis on biochemistry and medicinal chemistry. Um, but in the during that whole process, me and Alicia have stayed into contact with each other. So when we were looking at working in STEM fields and how there was very little representation of uh, Black people, minority people, and especially women um, that intersects at both of those, Um, we were like, what can we do about it, right? Um, We all had a really huge background in STEM and the arts, right? So we wanted to uh, bring those two worlds together because we believe that cross-functional learning um, is the key to how we grow students in STEM and how they develop their skill set because it was so important to us. So with that being said, I have a huge creative background. So I grew up doing metal smithing, sewing. I um, am actually founded my company, U Melanin, that merges uh, fashion, science and style, right? So my work all has always centered around STEM, the arts and activism. And so with the Lab Drawer and Motor City Steam Foundation, we same thing, we were able to come into the community and use our STEM skills, use our art skills to educate the students. But also, you know, we wanted to be intentional Intentional about going into black communities where these students usually don't have access to these resources. And in order to sustain that work, that's what actually birthed the lab drawer, like Alicia mentioned.
0: How did the, how did, or when did you guys get the lab drawer kind of uh, conceptually? How, how did it come together? And, and when did you launch this, uh, this app?
3: So, Motor City STEAM was founded in December 2015. Right? And then the lab drawer didn't come about until 2017. Um, the whole concept is that it looks right. just like a science lab drawer, right? So we want the student to feel like the scientist. So if you are ever in a lab class, it has that slate black top the wood size you have your name you have your drawer so it was designed to look just like that so we wanted to students to start visualizing themselves as scientists Um, so that idea kind of came because we needed funding and um so we looked at a subscription box service to actually use proceeds from the sales of those subscription boxes to actually power motor city steam foundation and then the lab drawer grew into a company of its own like we wanted to grow it, but then it took on a whole new life of its own. I um, and now we're turning, it's turning into this ad tech company that we're doing a lot of growth with. Um, and so we're going from there. Mm-hmm.
0: Alicia, what's your growth look like? I mean, what, how many of these uh, drawers are you are you now producing and and shipping around the country?
2: Well, this summer we actually shipped. Uh, we probably impacted fifteen hundred students just in summer uh, virtual STEAM camps, and that's the largest growth that we've seen since we started. Um, and and so for us, that has it's it's just been so monumental for us. Um, one because we've spent time and. Um, also gotten recognition from other organizations um, such as the Skelman Foundation. We actually won uh, the My Brother's Keeper uh, Detroit Innovation Challenge last year. And so that actually allowed us to get some focus group information um, with, with the with the young people, right? And they were just brutally honest with us about what their expert expectations w- were for a, a product like this. And so that really actually helped us um, change um, and modify. And iterate on the product that we already had. So, with those that concept in mind, um, and taking those those user perspectives and really applying that to to what we're already doing, really helped us. So, in terms of the growth, we see ourselves continuing. Um, not just with making sure that the box remains interactive, we actually use augmented reality um, in the boxes that we ship to the homes with uh, that include informational or instructional videos on how to do the experiments that are contained in the box. Um, But we also, you know, we want to expand on that. Um, What we learned in uh, the Tech Town Start Studio program is that we wanted, we also want to make sure that the parents are heavily integrated and uh, have their perspectives and their, needs met as the as they're really our paying customers so the growth is just continue we'll, we'll just keep continue growing and uh you know making sure that this the tech component and being a real a true ed tech company is is really where we're seeing ourselves moving forward
0: Deidre how have you developed this curriculum for these boxes at uh tech town how have you how have you utilized tech town to kind of launch this company
3: um, so, TechTown has very, been very pivotal in how we look at our business now, right? Um, during this Start Studio, it made us really go into detail and examine our customer, examine their wants, examine their needs. So, we had ideas about our company that were somewhat on track, but being a part of Start Studio helped us really get a full understanding of what our customers want, and that's both customers, right? So, what is the parent looking for um, if their child is utilizing the lab drawer, right? What things do they want sent? What emails do they want? Like what type of engaging questions they want to have prompted to their email so they can actually ask their students questions. These were things the parents let us know. Also, as we've been envisioning the tech, you know, we had this one idea, but then being able to even talk to students and like some of the games, like these viral games and how they experience TikTok and different platforms they enjoy with creating avatars. It really had us go in deep with our customers and what they want, uh, what the parents want, what the students want, like what will engage them and um, keep them interested in STEM. And we also um, found out that a lot of parents didn't believe that their children was getting adequate STEM education before COVID-19, right? So when COVID-19 mm-hmm. happened, they were like, I didn't, like every single person we interviewed said they didn't believe their child had adequate STEM before COVID-19. And we a 100 interviews, like not one parent said that, which was, a, you know, which was shocking to us because, you know, people weren't coming after this curriculum like it um, they were when COVID happened. But I think then it was put in their hands, right? So now the responsibility was now, you know, even more so on parents, right? Because they were at home with the students. So they really went looking for resources. And even to say all that, Every summer contract we got this summer from Wayne State to Michigan Women Forward to Four Resource Engagement Center, they came looking for us. Because of the five years we have been in the community doing the work, like every person reached out to us because they knew we had the ability to design the curriculum in-house, the curriculum meets the Michigan standards, and we can actually deliver these materials to the home. Um, so that's actually, we positioned ourselves by growing over the years, and that's how we were able to actually grow our business during COVID-19.
1: Lockton is not just your broker for risk management, insurance, employee benefits, consulting, and retirement services. They are your partner. At Lockton, Michigan, they embrace your challenges as their own, and they work to proactively achieve long-term goals while protecting your interests at every turn. Visit Lockton.com to learn more.
0: Uh, Alicia, Gabriel, who are you uh, marketing these to? I mean, are you marketing them to, to, to schools that buy them and then distribute them to children and their families? Or is it directly to the consumer? Uh, or is it kind of a mixture of both?
2: It's actually a mixture of both. So before um, before COVID, we were primarily only concentrating on um the B2C customers and and that's it, right? So we were really Mm -hmm. concentrating on making sure that the box went directly to the home. But with COVID, one of the things that we uh, found was that uh, because of, um, you know, layoffs and, um, you know, job loss and those kinds of things, parents really didn't have the disposable income that they would usually have um, to, to purchase uh, the lab drawer. So because we had these connections with um, these, these organizations like Wayne State and, and the other community organizations, um, one of the things that we were able to do because they're grant-funded institutions, the young people were now and the parents were now able to get these lab drawers and interact with the lab drawer uh, basically for free, right? So they, they were in these free virtual STEAM camps. And that's actually now for us a new way for us to, to increase our revenue and uh, kind of change or modify in some ways our business model, right? Uh, we actually really thought that it was only going to be B2C, but now because of COVID and the grant-funded institutions and these programs, they have to continue. Um, we now are in the B2B. Be kind of market as well.
0: This seems like, especially when you're talking about that you're mar- you're making this this product for middle schoolers uh, and and such. Th- this is a hard subject. It would seem to teach virtually, um, whereas reading and writing and and some other maybe history might be something that could be kind of more easily just administered virtually, um, uh, hands on. St- STEM, uh, STEAM experiments seem like something that, that is, is just hard for a school district to be able to replicate over a computer.
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, but one of the things that I, I think is kind of a, a push for us is that a lot of the students and, and the parents that we engage with, um, uh, they, they are open, they've been open to learning and kind of seeing um, what there is to offer in the world of STEM. Um, And I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples. Even, even uh, we've been working with Michigan Women Forward and um, their first experiment was to actually build a stethoscope, right? And they also had the opportunity to, you know, decorate that stethoscope and kind of use their creativity in in that way. Um, But it actually ended up being really engaging for them because they had to, um, use their critical thinking skills. And of course, we were there to guide them the the whole way. But, you know, it just really kind of put things in perspective. This can be engaging for students. This can be um, fun for them, but it's all in how it's delivered. It's all in how that content is delivered. And I also think that a lot of it, too, it's bigger than just um you know, the day to day science that can seem really boring, but actually giving them and showing them that, hey, there are many different STEM and STEAM careers out there. Why don't, here are some activities that you can, that you can do at home that expose you to different things. And in some cases, and in many cases, um, a lot of the materials are things that you might already have in your home. So these are all things that we really realized uh, this summer and, uh, you know, we'll just continue to, to grow on those things.
3: And I want to say, too, I just want to add, we also take these higher level STEM principles and we break them down. So one example would be our Picasso box. Like kids do arts all the time. Right. Um, So in the Picasso Mm -hmm. box, they learn about Picasso. They learn about micro rocks and how the rocks are made. But then they learn how these micro rocks are used to create paints. They actually then create their own pigments. After they learn the science behind them and use those same pigments to paint on the canvas that comes in the box right so we're taking these higher level stem principles and breaking them down to everyday things that these students are already doing to actually getting them engaged so now not only did you learn about paint, you created this awesome canvas that you can hang on your own wall so we've really been um intentional on in how we created the curriculum yeah absolutely
0: the science of art um mm-hmm. that's that's behind art yeah well, and that's art. Art is a class that also isn't uh, going to be necessarily taught in person this year either, uh, in most schools. So right. you're, you're, you found a way to uh, to to get into that area. How, how many different types of boxes are there?
3: So we create the curriculum all in house. So it yeah. it's up to us. So every month it's a new box, and we haven't repeating any of the boxes yet, right? So each oh, box okay. focuses on a new STEM principle. So the student yes. usually doesn't know like one month it can be on chemistry in the arts or technology in the arts. We've had the students build apps. We had beauty chemistry or make a product. Um, we had like an entrepreneur based one. So it, it's limitless just because Alicia is actually over our curriculum design. Um, and she's done teaching and we can actually literally create anything we need actually in house. Right. We don't even have to talk to anybody else. <laughs> right.
2: Yeah. Everything's created in house. And, um, I actually, uh, it's I've, because I've taught in, in different areas, um, from, um, elementary through collegiate levels. Um, in, in STEM, I understand students and I understand what they are looking for, what's needed for them to stay engaged. So for, you know, it's just been a real joy for me to actually develop the curriculum because it's always really exciting for me to come up with new ideas to get these young people engaged.
0: Yeah. Alicia, for my listeners here, tell us a little bit about your, uh, your podcast, Ladies Love Crypto. I want, to learn, I want to learn about that.
2: Oh, absolutely. So it's myself and uh, one other uh, young lady. Well, her name is DJ Skis. And she is actually a, a DJ, but she's also a naval engineer by training. So we're both, um, and I, I didn't mention this earlier, but I actually come from a family of musicians. So I'm, both of my parents are music teachers. I sing. Um, I've played different instruments um, and those kinds of things. So I come from a, a world of... Of music on top of the science background, and so um, what we do is one of the things that we noticed because we both got interested um, in cryptocurrency and blockchain, blockchain technology, um, you know, a few years ago, and we noticed that one. In some of the meetings that we would would go to in Detroit, um, there weren't many women. For one, um, there weren't many people of color. Also, and so we said, you know, why don't we start a podcast to actually take a lot of these high level or take uh, some of these very complicated. Blockchain and cryptocurrency topics, and break them down for listeners who, um, particularly in the African American community, if we start talking about electronic monies and and you know these really technical terms, it can seem very intimidating for them to get into the space or the, into the world of crypto. So, that was actually what we. We just decided to start a podcast just to break down this information. And so um, you can listen to us right now. We're on all of the, uh, you know, Apple podcasts, Podbean, you name it. Um, and we basically have guests on the show who may come from very technical uh, computer science backgrounds. And and I mean, they know their stuff, um, but they actually are able to break things down for our listeners um, so that they can learn all of the things that they need to learn about cryptocurrency and also kind of the, the realm of blockchain technology.
0: Well, I'm going to have to check that out. Uh, uh, Deidre Robertson and uh, Alicia Gabriel, uh, any closing thoughts about, uh, about uh, the lab drawer before we have to go?
3: No, just check it out. www.thelabdrawer.com. Um, you can get a monthly subscription or you can get a gift um, just a one-time gift purchase and it's a really cool engaging experiment for youth to get them introduced to stem at earlier ages yes absolutely
0: thanks for joining me on my podcast today i appreciate it thank you thank you I'm Chad Livinggood, senior editor at Crane's Detroit Business, and you've been listening to the Detroit Rising podcast and my interview this week with Alicia Gabriel and Deirdre Roberson of the Detroit education startup company, The Lab Drawer. If you have a feature idea for this podcast, please email me at clivinggood at crane.com or send me a direct message on Twitter at Chad Livinggood. And do me a favor and please give Detroit Rising a review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. I value your feedback.
1: As the world's largest independent broker, Lockton is ready to challenge whatever risks you face and unlock opportunities to help you move forward.